The Hen That Feeds You is an audio drama podcast that follows a linear storyline. That means if today is your first time joining us, first of all, hi, welcome, how you doing? Secondly, make sure that you start with episode one and listen to each episode in order, or you just might miss something really important. Please be advised, this podcast may contain explicit language, adult situations, including sexual situations and elements of horror, as well as other content that may make some uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, let's jump in to the hand that feeds you. started drinking before Andy walked into the bar. He had, in fact, gotten a two-hour head start, so he was feeling more than a little buzzed. He sat there, staring hard into his highball of scotch, feeling very, very sorry for himself. The dark, smoky atmosphere of this dive only added to the unhappiness that its patrons carried in with them. If one came in in search of release, this certainly was not the place to find it. Andy spotted him immediately. Her mind instantly went back to the night of his dad's funeral. Even from across the room, with his back to her, just like before, shoulders hunched over, just like before. His head hung low, like, well, you get it. The irony wasn't lost on Andy. Here she was, once again standing in the doorway of a bar. Sure, it wasn't some posh joint in Soho like last time. It was just some cheap hole-in-the-wall watering hole. But by the look of Max, it was serving its purpose. 
he was clearly drunk. But that's where the similarities stopped. No matter what was said tonight, no matter how distraught, no matter how much she wanted to make things right with him, there'd be no hooking up tonight. That's for damn sure. She hadn't kept her promise to call him the last time they had spoken, and that meant that she'd have to do some damage control. And more than that, she decided that now was the time to tell Max where they stood. Sorry, Max. Her tone was apologetic, but not weak. She made sure to sound firm in order to keep herself on task, in order to keep herself from falling for him all over again. Max whirled around to face her. His heavy eyes tried to focus on her, his expression completely aloof. Sorry? Max laughed sarcastically. <laughs> For what? Oh, that's right. I'll call you Max. Another sarcastic laugh. Then he pulled out his phone and began scrolling through the call history. Wait a minute. What the... What the hell? This... This can't be right. Max, let me explain. Shh. He threw up a finger, still looking down at his phone. That's odd. I, uh, I can't see where you called me back, but, but I mean, surely you did. <laughs> you must have. I mean, you said you would. Max, if you would let me explain. No! no you don't get to talk. I get to talk. You never call. Never. It is always me calling you. Damn it, for the life of me, I... I can't figure you out, Andy. What's more, I... I can't figure out why in the hell that I... That I'm in love with you. His eyes, red and puffy, erupting with tears. They rose to meet Andy's. I love you, Andy, he said pitifully. Andy's chest fell hard, like the wind had been knocked out of her. This was it. No time to be chicken shit about it anymore. Max deserved to know the truth. She felt as though it was the least she could do. Cut this boy loose, Andy, but let him down gently. Max, you have no idea how much I care for you. Really. She tenderly took his hand in hers. And please believe me. When I say that, that I love you too. Max knew there was a but coming somewhere in here. But I, I love you like a brother. 
the brother I've always wanted but never had. I found that in you. Max threw his head back and rolled his eyes. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Is this supposed to make me feel better? Huh? Or are you just trying to make me feel like shit? Cause you're doing a damn fine job of that. It's true. God is my witness, it is true. She held her hand up piously. Max, do you... Do you know what a man-eater is? He threw a heavy fist down on the bar. Come on, Andy. That's bullshit and you know it. If you don't want anything to do with me, then fine. Just, just fucking say so. Okay? I'm a big boy, alright? I can handle it. I can take it. He was making a scene now. Both he and Andy scanned the dark room, realizing all eyes were on them. Why don't you all mind your own goddamn business, huh? Max shouted into the dark haziness of the bar. Is everything all right over there? The bartender asked in a tone like a teacher on lunchroom duty. We're fine, thank you. Andy said politely, then turned back to Max. Max, listen to me. He just stared off, ignoring her. Max, she snapped, grabbing his face and turning it to face hers. I know that you can take it. That's why I'm telling you this. She gained her composure, then went on. I know this sounds like bullshit. If I were you, I... I wouldn't believe it either. But I promise you that it's true. All of it. She took a deep breath, then let it out. I can count on one hand the number of people that I've shared this with. But, like I said, I care about you. And I know that I can trust you. Anytime I allow myself to get into a, a committed relationship, every time that I get close to a guy, I start looking for reasons to bail. It's not just self-sabotage. It's, it's like I... Uh, like I steal their souls or something. I don't just discard them. I ruin them. It doesn't just end. It, it blows up and it, and it leaves them scarred for life. I wish I could explain why, but I honestly, I don't know. I mean, the best I can figure, it, it goes back to my childhood. Everything I told you about my parents, about my life growing up, was a lie, Max. The truth is, I hate my parents. 
I left home at 16 and I haven't spoken to them since. From my earliest memories, I, I can remember having these, these nightmares, horrible nightmares, dreams that left me paralyzed with fear. When I told my parents about them, they, they told me that I would outgrow them. As I got older, they stopped believing me altogether. They thought I was just acting out for attention. And then, one day, they'd had enough. They, they did something. She closed her eyes to reflect on that distant moment. A moment she was now reliving. I thought we were going to Disney World. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> For the first time, Andy felt herself start to cry about it. They dropped me off on the front steps, handed me my bags, then drove away. I kept watching the car as it faded into the horizon. I told myself that it was some cruel, practical joke, that they turned the car around and picked me up. And we would laugh about it all the way to Disney World. But they didn't come back. Her voice was trembling now. She smiled at him. Then continued. I suppose something good did become of my time spent there, though. There was this uh, one doctor, <laughs> Dr. Remy, he believed me. It was the first time I had ever had someone look at me in the eye and tell me that I wasn't crazy. That felt so good. He taught me how to control my dreams. A year. My parents left me in that hospital for a fucking year. Probably trying to decide whether they still wanted this crazy basket case for a daughter. She laughed to lighten the mood. And then became serious once more. Finally, they... They came to take me home. But... To this day, I have never forgiven them. And what about your dreams? He asked. Since, since I knew how to control them, they, they no longer scared me. I knew that I could always find a way out. Eventually, they just went away. 
but I never forgot them. I kept journals, and I wrote down every single one. Eventually, I wrote them into stories. You've even published some of them. She smiled at him. In my own weird sort of way, it, it was very cathartic. You see, I figured if I wrote them into stories, then they became fiction. And they were no longer a part of my reality. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I, I can't imagine. That's more than anyone should ever have to go through, especially a child. Andy, I'm, I'm so sorry. So, every time I feel myself getting too close to someone, Every time I allow myself to start feeling vulnerable, I just remember the sight of my parents driving away and never once looking back. I freeze up, and then I bail. I abandon them before they have the chance to abandon me. Max, I don't want to do that to you. I won't. Andy, look at me. She kept looking down. Max gently took her by the chin, then turned her face toward his. I promise you this. I will never, ever abandon you. No matter what, I would die before I let you down. Andy gave a weak smile. Don't make promises that you can't keep. I never do, he smiled back. He truly meant this. Max knew what he had to say in this moment, what he had to do. That didn't mean that he wanted to. In fact, this was just about the last thing he had planned on saying to Andy tonight. And if you say that you need space, I'll give you space. From now on, I'll work on keeping my distance. But just know, if you ever need anything, or if you ever change your mind, know that I will always be right here waiting. No matter what, I've got you. Max quickly looked back down at his scotch to keep from crying. Andy smiled wider than she had in years. You're one of the good ones. You know that? She said, kissing Max on the cheek. Max didn't look up, but Andy could see him smiling too. She could think of a million things to say to keep the conversation going, but she stopped herself. They were in a good place right now.
They were where they needed to be. Best to leave things as they were. After all, some part of her might convince herself to go after round two with Max, especially if she stayed for a drink. Well, it's getting late. I'm gonna call it a night. Andy grabbed her coat and stood up. Just then, a loud crash of thunder shook the building, rattling the windows. Sounds like another storm is moving in, Max began. Nothing I can't handle. I've already weathered one, remember? She said, laughing. At least, let me make sure that you make it back to your space. Remember? She politely cut him off. This is your chance to make good on your promise. Max nodded and sat back down. I'll call you when I get back to New York, she said. And yes, I promise this time. And with that, Andy was gone. Max's mind was still a fury of emotions. His thoughts rumbled like the storm outside. At least he had finally told Andy how he felt. At least he finally knew how she felt about him, even if that meant there was no chance for a them. Tough break, huh buddy? Max looked up to see the bartender pretending to wipe up a spill on the bar next to him. I mean, a hot little number like that? In an instant, Max grabbed him by the shirt and was so close that their faces were practically touching. That's the woman I love, you son of a bitch! Don't talk about her as if she was just some piece of ass! The bartender pushed himself away and threw up his hands in surrender. Whoa, whoa, easy man. I don't want any trouble. The Hand That Feeds You is written and recorded by me, Tim Baker. I sincerely want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I would appreciate if you could leave a rating. That's what helps the podcast appear higher in the search results. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends. There's no better way to promote a podcast than by word of mouth. New episodes will be released every week. And again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay skeptical.